Hello, welcome to another episode of the Hugo Floss Podcast. I am still Dan Hugo, and you are about to be amazed and astounded by the one and only Nancy Hugo. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm. Uh, I just got a thesaurus today, so I'm uh, trying to use up all the words. the The day today is 31 October, mm. sometimes called Halloween. And uh, what are you going as today? I thought I'd try going as myself. Not that I'm going to go trick-or-treating. And, you know, I don't really see too many people trick-or-treating today. We're halfway into the day. So, uh, and if you remember when you were trick-or-treating, I used to just say, look, go to the store. Pick out any candy you want. I don't like the idea of going from house to house anyway. I'm not a proponent of that. So, yeah, other than that. I am am a Halloween curmudgeon. I... I don't even bother buying candy. I don't pretend that I'm going to hand anything out to anyone. And then I, um, I turn the lights off or whatever. The last time I went, well, okay. In college, I think we did a, some sort of a dorm based thing, but that was even kind of like, eh, not a big deal. But I think the last time I went trick or treating, I just went as me right? Just as you said. Yeah. So I, I just went, yeah, I'm just a, a guy <laughs> trick-or-treating. And usually you'll get a, oh, that's not even, don't even try. But probably even worse than that, I one time went as a garbage bag, which was a garbage bag on my head with a little <laughs> eye hole. <laughs> wow. And they're like, "That could you put less effort in? And I said, I'm about to next year. So. Do you remember when you were a kid and you went as an accident victim? Yes. There's photos of that somewhere. Yeah, I have them. It was kind of scary yeah. because somebody looked at it and said, oh, my God, what happened to him? So I must have done a really good job with the makeup. But I don't. I think that's probably one of the holidays, quote-unquote holidays, that they can do away with. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. Well, yeah, I was, I was just reading today about, how, you know, the, the brave new world of, uh, you know, working from home, working from anywhere, following your own schedule school, homeschooling, you know, there, there's been a lot of changes in the last sure. 18 months. And certainly people, people think, uh, oh, we got to do it because it's the kids are missing out. Um, there's, I, I have a, I have a, sh- a short story. Uh, I think it was my chiropractor many years ago. He said, you ever notice that people do things they don't even know why? You're like my, my mother, grandmother, somebody in his family, whenever they would make the, the Thanksgiving feast, which is another basis of unknown origin, really, when you get right down to it. It's like, yeah, they used to break the, the legs for no reason. Like, why are we, I don't know, we just always have. He's like, yeah, because two, three generations ago, the oven was too small, so they had to right. fit it in there, so they'd break the, I so heard people that just were doing too. it. Yeah. I, well, I'm sure it was common because you had a small, I, you know, you've seen these small little tiny ovens. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. So he's like, I, so I, he goes, when I found that out, I was like, what, what the hell? Why are we doing this? Stop. <laughs> we can fit the whole thing and two more in there in the oven. Well, also, let me bring up a, a tradition that in our family we had to actually make more food than you could possibly eat in a oh, week. Yeah. <laughs> and I always thought that was so stupid. Number one, you would have to shop for all this stuff. Then you'd have to cook it, so you'd cook for a week before the holiday. Then you put out the food, and after the first course, everybody is stuffed. Then you have to decide where to store this stuff once it's cooked. Then you start handing it out if you've had guests. Here, take this home. It's a doggy bag, you know. And I thought, this is totally ridiculous. Uh, So I really scaled it down. Now I really scaled it down these past couple of years. It's like, hey, you want a sandwich? That's it. I am not a um, a person that's going to overdo a holiday just because they did it two generations ago. I think you have to be right. practical and do what's functionally good for the person or the family. Uh, one year I made salmon and I thought that was the good, I don't like turkey. So to me, I could pick anything I want because I'm cooking yeah. it and then just, you know, have it. It's right. just another day. Well, that's, I mean, so the oven story, and again, I, 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 I'm fairly certain that he wasn't just retelling some random story because, but I just think that the, the days of the small oven 
probably caused a lot of these things like oh we always did this because because of the limitations of the oh we (laughs) we always prepared food in this way or at that because the refrigerator wouldn't hold food at a temperature for long enough you know what i mean like so all these historical things that become family traditions and then uh yeah you you made stuffed shells one time or some you know some non-traditional every year (laughs) turkey well i mean like why are we making the turkey and the ham and the whatever just pick one you don't need to well, I never so, did that. So I always said it's either turkey or ham, and most of the time I made a turkey. But right. a lot of people, for some reason, think, you know, just like the pilgrims, they laid out a ton of food, I guess. that's So the story goes for the Indians. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's <laughs> that's why people should really read the story. And then you go, oh, yeah. this is not really a celebration we should be having. Yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, I, the, uh, to overdo Christmas the tree, yeah. putting up a tree, putting up the lights, all this stuff, it's because you feel pressured to do it. I have to get a card for so-and-so. Not me. I have to get flowers on on a holiday, you know, all this stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm – Well, since you brought up Christmas decorating, um, so there's that, which every year, there's always those handful of people in the neighborhood that have to light up every square inch of their house, and they have to have all these animated things in front moving, and then, I don't know, they get a thrill out of – causing a traffic jam because the ha- the cars are going through the neighborhood if you're lucky you get your address put in the local newspaper that you have um, participated in overdoing your decorations and my thing was I am not going to decorate my house because number one I can't keep up with the Joneses if if my neighbor's going to decorate to the hilt then no matter what I put up isn't going to look very nice so I don't decorate and then I just go see the people's houses who decorate. And that saves me from decorating and undecorating, which I hate doing. Right. So I have really um, kind of changed my my traditions. Um, when I had little kids, hey, you put the tree up for the kids, you got the presents, you go see Santa Claus, you know, that I stopped that pretty early on. But now I just, um, I believe that my time is worth more than decorating and undecorating and other people feel differently but I shouldn't be chastised because that's the way I feel just like anybody else has their ideas and traditions and I think you should just respect the way they feel yeah well and so tradition uh, if you don't know the origin of a tradition it should be on the top of the list of things to check on right because um but the kids will miss out on can't no you can go to the store and buy their favorite candies you don't you're not going to get pennies you're not going to get jolly ranchers you're not going to get smarties you're going to get their favorites that the parents will also like right so i can well you're also going to get candy that possibly nobody else has touched and handled because a lot of people just throw in a handful of corn candy or candy corn whatever they call it and throw it in the bag and so everybody's touched that so when you were little we used to throw out all the candy that wasn't individually yeah. wrapped yeah so 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 the the value proposition to the children is possibly hanging out with the other kids but you can do that anytime you want you, you could can dress up school. as you can dress up as anything you want any day you want sure so but just like Christmas lights or holiday lights or whatever you want to call them. If you put up lights in uh, November, oh, a little bit soon for the lights. If you put them up in uh, January, like, what are you doing? I'm um, just putting them up for to uh, decorate that. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's not Christmas. It's January. What do you, you, you know what I mean? Like, so these traditions have this calendar alignment that you are responsible for adhering to. Yeah. So don't do it. For, you have to do it to be, keep up with the Joneses or to make the kids happy. Yeah, go to the store, get some candy, sit at home, enjoy the evening with your kids or your yeah. whoever, and then uh, dress up like a like a garbage bag on Tuesday and see what happens. Mm. I passed a house yesterday that was totally decorated for Christmas in white lights, and I've got to say, even though I thought, "Wow, that was early," it's beautiful. So if they, I mean, they can leave it up all year long, as far as I'm concerned, because it's just really pretty. And sure. it lights up the neighborhood. So, yeah, but do that for yourself, not because the neighbors expect. Because if you leave it up past uh, <clears throat> January, you know, January first or whatever, 
suddenly you're a pariah and the HOA will come knocking on your door, right? Or oh, like, what are you doing? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't live in an HOA uh, community, but you're right. They probably tell you what to do, how high sure. to do it, and you know if you don't, they fine you. But yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, Thanksgiving, um, I want to say, it, yeah, it's a tradition. It's nice, but people also use that as an excuse to visit their relatives. So if you're going to visit your relatives once a year, um, you know, well, you should... But how, how do you do that? Because, oh, it's a four-day weekend, which was thanks to Delano Roosevelt, mm-hmm. Franklin, Delano Roosevelt. Um, because after the Depression, he's like, how do you get people shopping? Oh, let's make thanksgiving make it a, and then friday they can go out shopping so it's it an economic incentive and then oh it's a travel day you can have people traveling so all this economy uh structured around holidays and around gift giving <clears throat> traditions make for uh, a stable predictable black friday for example right like mm-hmm. oh that's the day we know we're gonna make money. well then amazon comes along and says well we can just do that any day we want yeah, now we Cyber have the Monday. Friday and now the Monday, and yeah, and then they the and then they did it in July. Yeah, the stores start decorating for Christmas, and it's all to get people in the mood because it's all commercial. Right. Well, I mean, you can. I was in Thailand for Christmas. I was in China around Christmas, around Thanksgiving time. I was in other countries. Yeah, countries that are explicitly not Christian or. Well, Thailand's a Buddhist country. Uh, China is sort of non-denominational but yeah the, christmas is a holiday of commercialism not right yeah so these traditions thanksgiving is like why, why do restaurants i'm sorry why, well restaurants stay open but why are they stocking up on turkeys is it because everybody's going to buy them or is it because everybody has to buy them um well i think like if turkeys are of- so good if turkeys are so good why are they not buying that much turkey all the time yeah well i don't particularly care for turkey but i know a lot of right. people buy turkeys and then donate them to the food banks which is nice and then chris we were talking about christmas and uh, i always thought it was funny because if you just wait till the 26th of december you get everything half price anyway so why don't you just move christmas within your own family you sure. can say, hey, we're going to celebrate Christmas on the 27th of December. So we can go shopping on the 26th. Actually, the stores are open on the 25th now. So you can go shopping um, at discount prices, and then you can wrap up your presents if that's what you want to do, or just throw them in a bag, or just say, hey, this is what I got you. And not only that, but let me bring up the fact that if you want to buy something for somebody, why do you need Christmas to do it? Why can't you say, hey, it's um, March 30th, and I just felt like buying you something, right? Yeah. Or if you don't want to buy somebody something. Right, like, oh, you're it's not Christmas, forced I to. Buy you a... Yeah, yeah. Then they and have then the secret like... Santas, and they also have where big families get together, and you pull the name out of the hat. You may not even know what this person likes. You may not care to get them anything, but then you're forced to. You're chastised if you don't. Um, I think it's just too much pressure. That's why I stopped putting up Christmas trees, decorating them. Too much pressure. I'll look at everybody else's Christmas tree. Well, Dad had a Dad had an idea about Christmas. He said, "Why don't you get the gift that you want? Yeah, wrap it, put it under under the tree or whatever, and then I, everyone will be surprised, and it'll fit. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be exactly I did that. what you wanted. I used yeah. to do that. And last year, rather than decorate a Christmas tree because your father was in the hospital so much. I took a beautiful picture of a huge Christmas tree that was in the lobby of the hospital. I'm beautifully decorated. And I shared that picture and said, well, since I spent so much time in the hospital, I felt like this was my tree. So I'm sending it to everybody. That got me out of... Anyway, I was very happy to do that. I don't think you should follow rules. I think people should just do what they want to do. Yeah. So, so here's a tradition along the same line. Um, the, the tree at Rockefeller center, mm-hmm. there's a person, probably several that are paid to accommodate that tradition. They, they bring the tree in on a truck or a helicopter, however they do it. And they put it up and it's a tourist attraction. It's very photographically uh, appealing, right? Photo, photogenic. 
but it's 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 a photo opportunity, right? So people go there, take a picture, they take a, the skating and the and the snow, and it, you know, so it's it's an entire thing. Oh yeah, that is supported. It's got a commercial component because it draws tourists, and it's it's just that is a tradition. It's like ah. Oh, there's infrastructure behind it and you don't actually have to you can go there and look at it or you can see a picture of it you're not enticed to buy anything or yeah so it's it's a magnet but it's not a it's not a hard sell it's not like they're saying okay now you got to buy a little tree to take home there's none of that going on no it's just a tradition that new york city has and it's um well have you ever done that have you ever gone to uh, rockefeller center to see uh, the tree I, not to we see the there. tree specifically but no, I, yeah, I was there for, um, was it 96, 95? I went there yeah. with Tuck. We went for Christmas, New Year's yeah. in Manhattan. So yeah, I, I've seen all that stuff. and it's, it, But it's a part of the bigger picture, literally, which is the snow and the season, tis the season. Well, yeah, New York was known for all the stores decorating to the hilt on Fifth Avenue. And it's just, it's like a tradition when you go back to New York, if you haven't been there for a while, it's something nice to see in the holidays. I'm just glad that I don't have to decorate, but I would, I enjoyed it when I went. Right. But if you have, you extend this, um, like, okay, the city puts up a tree because of the, the historical blah, 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 and it's very appealing and whatever. And now everybody has to put one up in your house too. That's strange. Mm, well, <laughs> well it, I'm just saying like when traditions extend into your home because of the calendar or because other people, right. So if you have a family tradition of putting up a tree in July, Go Why not? It. Yeah. So, so there's family, there's traditions that are actually meaningful and there are traditions that are merely, uh, peer pressure. Right. And don't forget traditions for the most part, either were started by your family and then they just keep care, you know, they're carrying them on if they want to, if people want to carry on a tradition that their grandmother, their great grandmother did, well, so be it, do it. The one thing that yeah, I, except go ahead. Oh, then you, you're breaking with tradition and you get the peer pressure again. No, well, oh, we I, I broke several traditions and yeah. yes, I did. I was chastised for it, but I said, hey, I'm starting my own traditions. The one thing that I really never cared for and I haven't done in many, many, many years is uh, falling into the Hallmark card syndrome. Um, yes. Let's face it, it's all commercial again. And when I get Christmas cards from people that are a half a mile from me and I don't see them the whole year and then I get a card, to me, I think that's, um, oh, hypocritical. You know, you don't say hello to me the whole year and then I get a card. What does that mean? Right. Well, because it's peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, you have to, especially businesses. They have to reach out to their clients or their would-be clients or doctors send them out to their patients along with the bill probably. But yeah, I just think a lot of this is so commercialized. People should do what they really want to do, not what they feel they have to do. Sure. But because of the the machinery of sales and ship, oh, get your packages in the mail before uh, whatever date or get them, you know. Yeah. There's there's all this infrastructure is, and again, it was sort of has origins in the post-depression recovery period where, oh, if we can encourage people to shop, then, yeah. Anyway, so I'm- uh, We sound like a really, humbug, don't we? Uh, well, practicality can win out. I think that's allowed. And I think we've shown from last year that like, the world continues to spin on its axis and revolves around the sun or the sun revolves around the earth. If you want to go that way, um, just as well as it did before, you know, with, with or without Halloween, with or without yeah. travel for the holidays. Right. Right. You know, a kid is do, not so. going to die if he doesn't get uh, Halloween candy and the world isn't going to fall apart if your family doesn't get together for Christmas. And I've never really um, pressured my kids to, to be at Christmas dinner where, you know, you see in the movies too, the old movies that were made in the 50s, the 40s, where the people would be maybe in the military and they would go through floods and snowstorms just to be at grandmother's house, like over the, you know, through the snow, over the snow or through the snow and we're going to grandmother's house, that type of thing. They push that. 
to lay the guilt so that people will yeah. be there for dinner and so they could make all the turkey. Look at the Norman Rockwell picture, you know, the big turkey and the whole family. Half the time people, and you've heard of this, I'm sure, people dread getting together with their family for holidays. Usually there's fights. People don't get along. Um, they're not um, they're not interested in getting together, but they do feel the pressure from maybe their parents or grandparents that they have to get together. It's it's very stressful. So I say, right. do what you want to do. And it's a it's a romantic notion the the over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Right, that was it. But but um, it again it aligns with shopping and travel and scheduling and logistics and all that. You know the the infrastructure in China for the the Chinese New Year, which is the largest migration on on Earth every year, is built for that and it accommodates it at a particular time, which they had to skip it for 2020, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because of the pandemic. So, so when you have everybody lined up, you have to accommodate that. And if you depend on that happening, then it's sort of a vicious cycle, right? So if everybody said, you know what, instead of Black Friday, let's just, let's just have everybody enjoy their life and uh, get a gift for somebody if you want, and we'll stay in business because people will just do what they want and we'll make them happy doing it and uh, everybody wins. So yeah, it's this pressure of like, but I have to get home to see grandma. You can also yeah. do that in July. You can do that yeah. in August. You can do it in September. So yeah. I used to tell people, you know, everybody in my family has some sort of an entrepreneurial bent. And so we all sort of have our own schedules. So we don't really follow the the travel and gift giving calendar. It's mm-hmm. more just whenever. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Phoenix for whatever. Oh, is it a holiday? No. <laughs> it's even better that it isn't. Yeah, it's Right. Well, I think there are a lot of people that fall into that stress-related way of, well, their family traditions, and a lot of them are against it, but they they don't want the repercussions from the family, and they don't want to be chastised, and they just kind of follow the leader type thing. Well, and and sort of along those lines, but then maybe I would say maybe a little bit worse. Um, So I went off to college many, many years ago. Then... The first year that yeah. I was going to go home for Thanksgiving, I got a plane ticket and we flew back. I think it was my second year. We drove with um, Cousin Ray right, and okay. Eric Busboom. So the three of us drove from L.A. to Phoenix for Thanksgiving weekend. Uh-huh. The third year, I stayed on campus. It was very quiet. I stayed in the dorm room. So you get this thing. So the first two years, I can't say this, but the third year, you get people going, are you going to be alone for the, the Thanksgiving weekend? Are you going to, you want to come to our house? Are, you don't, you don't have a place to go. They treat it like it's the, well, you know what? How come last, yes. how come last Friday you guys didn't check up on me? Like uh, uh, last Friday, who cares? This Friday though is a holiday. And next Friday we will also not care what you're doing, but this Friday is Thanksgiving. You should be at our house because we make so much food. It's ridiculous. It's a crime against humanity, how much food we're going to make. So we need you to come and take some of it. So it's so lopsided the way people treat the tradition of like, oh, you don't have a place to go. Oh, are you a loser? You know, what I mean? like, why are you putting that trip on someone? So my third year when I was in college, I'm like, man, it was quiet. It was nice. There was no, it was just calm. Well, it was no many years ago. So remind me, did you stay there for Christmas as well? So this was the beginning of my new tradition, which was it's easier for me to not travel during the holidays because everybody's traveling during the holidays. And it was just a pain. I'm like, I have to travel 353 miles from my college campus to your door. If I do it on Thanksgiving weekend, it's a nightmare. If I do it any other weekend, it's fine. Like, why do I have to come home for Thanksgiving? I can come home any other time. And so we sort I think I sort of broke the mold a little bit there, but we're like, you know what? We don't have to travel. on. Th- we can just go in anytime you want. Yeah. Come here for the weekend. So if the school, ge- the school would give us our, uh, the f- probably like right between Labor Day and Thanksgiving, they would just give you a Friday off because they're like, yeah, it's, the- it's enough. You're in the first semester. Everybody's tired. Just give a, give a three-day weekend for no reason. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't align with anybody's calendar. That's just a day to take off and go visit whomever. Yeah. 
So that kind of thing, if you, if you just moved all holidays around like that, instead of calling them holidays, just like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I have a floating holiday. I'm going to take this Friday off. I'm going to go travel. I'll be back Monday. See ya. Okay. Yeah. Who gets injured by that? No one. Hmm. I remember the first year that I didn't feel like cooking for Christmas. And I said, let's go to a restaurant. Now, uh, typically people are, at least in our family, they hated that because they liked the leftovers, but they never really thought about the person, me, who was doing all the cooking and right. the prepping and the cooking and then putting away. And it was really enjoyable. I don't remember I if we you to, were with us or not. We went to Marie Callender's with Mallory. Oh, you uh, were Mallory with us. Yes. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. And that could have been Christmas Day or it could have been two days later. Just so happened to be Christmas Day. But I would do that again. And here's the funny part. What? You're actually you're actually probably you're probably doing more to help your local business people than get because if you get groceries from your Kroger or whatever grocery store, well, Whole Foods you are giving yes you're paying employees locally but you're giving money to food suppliers and you know whatever so but if you go to a restaurant yes they have bought their food from their food suppliers but you are paying money to people who are taking their holiday to have their business open and then they'll go home and they'll be with their families later or whatever maybe they'll bring some food home from the restaurant but you're at least celebrate the next day but yeah you're right but you're supporting your local business and after the pandemic where people are like, make sure you tip extra because, well, the tip economy is broken. That's another podcast for another time. But uh, just the fact that you're keeping people in business, if you want to do something for the, for a holiday or for a tradition, be a part of your local community and pe- keep people in business if you want to, or uh, participate in, see, see like going and knocking on people's doors and having them give you candy. That's not quite the same. I mean, you can say, oh, but that's participation in community. Um, that's very passive. They have purchased candy from a grocery store and that came from across the country or around the world, right? Made in China or made in Russia or who knows, who knows where it's made. So let's hope it's not made in China. And if anybody's listening to this, uh, not that I'm against China, but I think you should buy candy that's locally made in America. Well, but making made in America is one thing, but what if it's a, a candy store down the street, right? Like, Oh, everybody from, uh, from my neighborhood gets their candy from Ann's candy store down the street or whatever. Right. So that's, that would be a, a version of going out to a restaurant for holiday meals and all that stuff. So I think if there's going to be a tradition shift, it might be like venturing outside, but not considering all venturing outside to be equally weighted. Right. Mm, okay. Like I can go to your house whenever, but if I was going to go have a Thanksgiving dinner, I can just as easily go to a restaurant down the street or I can go to a food truck even <laughs> if they're open. And there's, I haven't lost anything by doing that because I can go to your house at any time. I don't have to force those things together. You're right. You're right. So. And I think years ago, there used to be a lot more pressure um, to have kids be with their parents no matter if they were married and had six kids of their own. Nowadays, people are saying, you know what? We're choosing the people that we want to spend the holiday with. Um, they're breaking the tradition of their family and they're starting their own tradition. A lot of them uh, live in an area where they've made good friends. Maybe they don't have a lot of extended family and so they consider their friends or family. And so they have them not only for the holiday, but a lot of people uh, before the pandemic would get together with their friends and have dinners. And so having the same thing happen at Christmas or Thanksgiving was really common for them. They enjoy it. So you do what you enjoy, not what you feel you are forced to do. Yes. So that's why I think traditions... So are you coming here for Christmas, for Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I was yeah. going to say, but, but it's when I was in college that I started that like, well, I'm not going to... I'm going st- to... I stayed... Where, I stayed in on campus over... Not the winter hall. I stayed over there over the summer, but... I think I can't remember which one it was where I didn't go home for Christmas or the, the winter holiday or something. And that was like a, what? <laughs> but, well, but I can go, I can go there. I can, I, as we've shown, I can go and stay in your living room or whatever for five weeks. Uh, it yeah. doesn't have to be aligned with any holiday or calendar or whatever. So. 
Well, like I said so. before, I think people should start their own traditions and do what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally different. That is a totally different scheme of the world, like uh, wedding anniversaries, grandma's birthday. Well, uh, look at Valentine's yeah, Day. It comes right after Christmas. So people are, you know, and this idea of, well, we've got to get our kids something. And the kids end up I don't know, either breaking the toys if they're small or if they want something that's not affordable for the parents. The parents feel so bad. Oh, my God, we couldn't get them the helicopter that they wanted um, or, or the car or uh, the computer system. Um, you know, you have to feel that you're, you want to give your child something that you can afford, not that they're demanding because all their friends are getting it. And then right after Christmas is uh, Valentine's Day, where you have to give people chocolate and roses. I know that's the day where more roses, and I don't know what the stats well, are, but here, roses. Here, but here's here's another one, like I was saying with the Thanksgiving. Oh, you're, you're staying home. You don't, you don't have a place to go for. Oh, you don't have any. Nobody wanted to be your Valentine, right? These weird pressure I know. sources. Like if a kid doesn't get the little hearts that say be mine and all that little Sugar oh, they're devastated. Crap. Nobody likes yeah. them. Yeah. So that all all of this is this the bizarre. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's commercial. Not a, not a That's what it is. It's to keep the economy going, whether it's crappy or not. You know, who wants to have those sugar hearts anyway? But I even see people on talk shows are going, "Oh, here's a little candy for you. It's Valentine's Day. You know, you're just procreating the bullshit." Oh, did I say that? I think we just went R-rated. Um, no, I think we, we could be PG-13. You could only drop one F-bomb and uh, keep keep it light. But so so let's change the uh, topic, I guess, because okay. holidays are holiday. There's always another one coming up. We can always talk about Thanksgiving. That's true, you know. and and they come, you know, and and go in, in a flash. So, sure. well, who, yeah, who knows how? Like November eighth, I think they're going to open up borders for travel, and then we'll see how. Thanksgiving for travel goes and then we'll see the numbers going back up and there'll be more boosters and all that. So we can talk about that whenever, but I'll tell you. So since you, I know you, uh, you're, you're into kitchens. Oh yeah, bit. that's right. So I have moved, I moved as we spoke about last week, I moved into my new place here right. in a sunny, sunny city for shady people, Las Vegas. And, um, I've lived here now since the 19th. So it's been 12 days. I'm finally getting more of my stuff out of storage and that's, that's just a fun times with the logistics of all this. So I had this idea, first of all, I had a galley kitchen in my previous apartment and now I have a, what, what do you call this square? Uh, it's, I thought it was L. a U shaped. Is it, a, is it an L? I don't know. I, eh. well, I think it's a U shaped kitchen. Yeah. The countertop is an L and then the refrigerator and a goofy pantry make up the other part. So it's a, make U it a U shape. shape. You should explain what a galley kitchen is. So a galley kitchen is yeah. is a two parallel countertops with with the space between them, you know, the floor where you would use your kitchen. So on one side of you is is a straight countertop with a sink and a maybe a dishwasher or something and the other maybe your cooktop and your microwave and a refrigerator or something. So it all fits in a rectangle with the two longer sides of the rectangle are your kitchen work area and the, the space between is where you is your traffic area and it could be butted up against the wall. In my case, it was open on either end mm -hmm. and that's it. And it's a very basic and it is not utilitarian. The work triangle maybe, but not really. And so I've already found in this L shape, I mean, there is, there's a countertop in the corner where the refrigerator is, but the, the sink side, uh, super easy. Now I set up the, uh, the, the important things, set up the coffee bean grinder and the, uh, so the coffee stuff. Probably your most and, important thing in the kitchen for you is the coffee paraphernalia, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have some, something to consume in the morning since I really right. don't eat breakfast. So I, I set up all the sudden, so that just having the L right, you have the depth of the L of the corner, um, it's just an easier way to function because now the, if you want to say work triangle, I know it's not so good, but people have heard that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. 
the 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 really is a triangle, right? So now I'm uh, the sink and the the stove and the oven are to the right, and the corner is deeper, and you can put the coffee stuff in there. So it's it's just more comfortable to move around because the L or U has more space between the sink and the refrigerator. For example, it's probably twice as wide as the galley kitchen setup. Mm-hmm. So I had this idea, which was not a new idea, but I, I had asked you a couple of weeks ago, I said, have you ever heard of a floating island or a floating kitchen in general? Like the notion of instead of fixing cabinets to the floor, you'd have everything movable, kind of a commercial style uh, mobile point, kitchen. What did I say? What was my answer? I think you were like, well, the plumbing becomes a kind of a nightmare there, which, yeah. But if you, if you have the correct commercial grade, probably, you know, natural gas lines or plumbing, then those could be soft lines that you clamp in and you, you know, turn the valve and you make sure it's whatever. But so say, say the plumbing was solved, but the, in general, to be able to reconfigure your kitchen, I think is extremely useful or interesting. So I have my floating island, which is an intermetro. So you've all heard of wire shelving. Intermetro is one of the sort of the rock solid sort of, they do commercial product. If you're, if you're a commercial entity, then you're metro. And if you're home, it's intermetro. So the intermetro, I have the stainless steel cart. Uh, what is it? It's probably like 30, probably 36 by uh, 24. Okay but it's uh, probably about six and a half feet tall. I have shelves. I have a, a, a work surface at countertop height. I have two basket shelves under. And so I can, and I just got some nice new wheels because the wheels that were on it were shot. So they were pretty bad. So for $10, I got the nice rubber wheels that turned the total silence. They work very with two locking wheels. So now this thing I can move around inside the kitchen. I can move it out of the kitchen space. So I need a little bit more space, but it's not blocking anything. I have multiple extra places to store things and to prepare food. I can put a cutting, cutting board on there. I can put the, a blender whatever, right? Uh, I can move it to where I want. I can, uh, and there's space in this L or U-shaped kitchen to do that. Whereas in the galley kitchen, this thing would never have fit. So right away I'm, uh, I'm, better situated. And then the, the pantry is only 11 and a half inches wide at the, at the entryway. And then it's 16 inches wide internally, which makes complete sense. So that's another podcast we could do about who designs this stuff. Well, I can tell you why it's like that, but I've never heard you get so excited about kitchens. So uh, maybe uh, you could be a kitchen designer in your next life. Engineering. So I, but I, so for eight years I lived in this in this one apartment, and it, the kitchen was always sufficient, but it wasn't really useful. Right. It was very frustrating sometimes to deal with, and and there were times when I'm like, I cannot believe I was able to prepare food and and coffee and function as long as I did. When you look back, I'm like, oh man, it was such a such an unfriendly environment. And so you may have heard this: the kitchen is sort of the hub of the home. Oh, I have heard of that. <laughs> and if you, so really uh, kitchen designers should be paid handsomely for coming out with utilitarian hub of the home ideas because of a poorly designed kitchen. And by the way, this is not a great kitchen design, but it is a step up from where I was. Uh, it, like anything, if uh, the tools and the, the work environment are, are suitable for your skills and your your endeavors, then you will be able to execute them better. Yes, and a happy kitchen makes for a happy Thanksgiving dinner. But I do want to say one thing. If you took a galley kitchen and you removed on one side, if it was possible, the wall so that the wall was cut down to counter height, so that one side would be an island if you had a room on the other side of that galley. In other words, it could be a dining room or it could be a family room. So what right. happens is now you have, you still have the galley kitchen, but you have just base cabinets on one side of your galley kitchen. Now, if you think about it, if that whole unit was on wheels and you could bring it closer to the kitchen, you would then say, hey, I have a galley kitchen with an island, a sink on one side and an island 
with whatever on the other. So galley kitchens are not really bad if they're designed functionally. Yours right. wasn't because it was just a standard kitchen in an apartment. But I just wanted to yeah. add my two cents since I somewhat now, know a little bit about that. Yes, you've been uh, you've been at this for a while. So I think the there there are very serious problems with this kitchen. Um, there are only two 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 drawers yeah, two two drawers and two full depth 24 inch cabinets the rest of the cabinetry which is all upper these are lower upper plenty of counter of, of um cabinetry um one two three i think eight eight cabinets mm -hmm. but they're only 12 inches deep as typically wall cabinets are but they're very tall so i literally need a step ladder to get to the top the upper shelf so there's a lot of storage space, but it's not deep and it's not totally accessible. So that's mm. kind of no fun. And then the dishwasher and the oven open into each other. It's the drawer opens oh, into the One of the so major problems that people who design these kitchens don't have any clue what kitchen designers go through to avoid that. Oh, is that right. a motorcycle visiting you? Yeah, um, um, I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, so many times you'll i'll meet somebody a potential client and i'll say so what do you not like about your kitchen and there are plenty of times that they'll say well i can't open the oven if the dishwasher is open or i can't open the oven door because it's in the walkway going to answer the door you know the, the front door whatever people don't think about where to place things when they're designing a kitchen so in your case it was a kitchen they weren't concerned about functionality they just said let's throw some cabinets in here how cheap can we get this uh drawers cost more than doors so let's not give them too many drawers and standard 12 inch cabinets wall cabinets are cheaper than base cabinets let's throw them on the wall and your pantry being uh 11 and a half inch opening on a face frame which means they drywalled a 16 inch right to left nook and they put a face frame in there and that face frame had to be attached to the two walls left and right and it had to have hinges for the doors so they also probably had extended sides for the frame to yep. accommodate different openings and that's why you have that yeah well i mean it would have been it would have been more utilitarian if they went with um, <clears throat> a full width door and then had the hinges kind of hit, tucked away on the inner you mean for the pantry inner frame yeah oh they won't do a tall door because it has tendencies to warp sure well i mean the, the, there could have been they could have just left it open it would have well, been better well but, yeah but it looks good when it's closed and they didn't ask you and they didn't ask me they just throw these no. things in because they're looking at how many apartments your one kitchen is one of many many and so they're buying these cabinets at bulk pricing you know so so my my solution <clears throat> now first of all i will remind we're not going to talk about my apartment all day today i promise but my original the place i was supposed to move into had they called it the study but it was a say a 10 by 10 side room when you walked in the door it would be a little like an alcove through, yeah and then through there was the laundry room which was what's it now it's a closet with the stuff in it but stacked you <clears throat> but that gave a complete right off the kitchen space for like a my own pantry type thing or to put this island in there i could store it in there so when i was unfortunately uh switched to this other floor plan that, that i think we already t talked about and if we didn't <laughs> we will i'm sure so now i don't have that little alcove area so the, the square footage ended up in the elsewhere in the in the floor plan so i'm trying to accommodate <clears throat> this this change so in addition to the the floating island I'll take a picture at some point when it's more settled in. Right now there's stuff everywhere. But I have a 36 by 12 inch uh, Intermetro wire shelving unit, which I'm also getting new wheels for because these wheels actually got split. So they don't even spin right anymore. Uh, too much moving. So that can be my rolling pantry. So now I can use this. It's completely open. It's wire shelving. 
I can use this to store cooking items like the whatever sauces or seasonings or whatever I need. Use the pantry to store unused, right? Like, oh, I have three of this seasoning. I only need one. Two of them are in the pantry. So I can see that for, you know, offline storage. But from, from a usability standpoint, um, yeah, I can put the shelving thing wherever I want and tuck it out of the way, whatever. And um, I will be able to see everything that I have. So if I need to shoot over to the store, then. So, yeah, I'm, I'm becoming a fan of um, keep open, it on wheels. Open cabinets. Well, for people who live in New York City or Chicago or I'm sure L.A., and their rent is probably two or three times more than yours, and their square footage is probably almost half of yours, it's well known that in New York City, the kitchens are sink, refrigerator, cooking area, and then maybe a little counter space. And the stove could be 24 inches, you know, like a mini. Forget a big refrigerator. So they're living in half of what your kitchen is, or less than half. And I don't know why, but they're grateful for what they have. Most of those, if you had a chance to look at pictures of apartments in New York, they usually have shelving like you're talking about because they have no place else to store anything. So uh, those wire shelves are uh, a necessity for a lot of people. And of course, they're used in kitchens and I've seen kids' rooms and living rooms. So those things are just amazing. And I'm sure half the people that are listening to this must own wire shelves. And if not, sure. go get some. They're, they're, um, I, I've used them as part of moves because they're on wheels, although the shitty, see, I can do it too. Wheels that I had were not good on the, on a U-Haul ramp or whatever, right? The bumpy ramp yeah. and the, the wheels are just, they're just, they're made for a office environment or, you know, a flat floor, mm-hmm. not for all terrain going over asphalt parking lots and, and seams and sidewalks and all that stuff. So not as fun. The new wheels I'm getting also 10 bucks, 10 bucks for a set of nice, you know, polyurethane. Are you giving a commercial for what Amazon? No, well, no, I never, I don't really put affiliate links for anything, but I'm just saying, so for a couple of dollars, I'm able to upgrade the functionality of these shelves, which already work. The wheels suck. Um, and then I also have plastic shelves, which you right away would think what plastic shelves, super light, super easy to move. You don't need help. You just move them and they drag it. They don't scratch the floor because they're soft plastic. And uh, I'm basically lining the outer wall of my uh, vinyl floored section with these shelves. So I get, and it's an 11 foot ceiling. So if I need to, I can go grab a couple more of these things at Home Depot. Uh, Also not an ad, but and build up. I have another three feet to go up if I want to. So yeah, plenty of storage out of the way. It gives me my floor space and everything. So <clears throat> yeah, so, so far so good being creative. And a note on the motorcycle, my window, that the unit I was supposed to be in was on the first floor, kind of in the middle of the building. Now I'm at the Northeast corner on the second floor. My window overlooks a softball park with three diamonds. So you can play softball all day and all night. Wow. Has a nice parking lot where people come and practice their donuts and stunt driving. <laughs> and then and then out the window looking to the north a little bit. <clears throat> pardon me. The uh there's a a non-trivial street, Elkhorn Drive. So every once in a while you'll get somebody that wants to test out their exhaust system and their their lack of muffler and whatnot. So mostly not too noisy, but every once in a while. But look be, at the uh, entertainment. Wow. You can just look out your window and be entertained all day and all night. Well, yeah, any, I'm sure anybody who has either, either seen it or heard about it or even lived in a place, you know, in New York or maybe in Chicago with, with L trains or elevated trains, or if you're near it, those can be nightmarish. It's not that not that bad at all. Yeah. Well, you're not going to mention the neighbor upstairs with the happy dog? I'm really hoping if I don't talk about it, it will go away. It but, won't. Um, I, I'm fine with animals, but this, uh, is a, some sort of a lunatic dog that just loves to probably is going for height. So it's just as all the time, little springs on the, on the feet, right? Yeah. So that is going to be good times good headphones will go a long way. Yeah. 
Well, I think um, we're coming to an end because you have to, well, you'll always have things to unpack so that you could uh, find <laughs> things that you need. And I've got to uh, work on home on um, my online magazine, Designer Circle, which I have been doing for 14 years. And uh, it seems like we're always busy, Dan. Well, I'm hoping to be more busy. So we'll see how this week goes. So probably, hopefully, hopefully next weekend we'll have some more things to talk about on that front. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and then as we get closer to Thanksgiving, I can talk about what I'm not going to cook. Aha. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody really wants to be a guest on uh, Hugo Floss, we welcome you. We would like to have guests, and they can talk about anything they want because we don't censor anybody. So all you have to do is email us at join at hugofloss.co. We would really be interested in talking about anything and everything with our guests. And if anybody's interested in my online magazine, and I've got to tell you, most of it is about design or having to do with the home. Um, designerscirclehq.com you can subscribe it's free and my other podcast where I'm talking about obviously things for the home whether it's appliances tile color of the year you can listen to home design chat with Nancy and it's on 28 platforms if you have any questions for me you can email me at nancy at hugofloss.co as well as Dan at HugoFloss.co if you have any questions for him. Or if you just want to know how his kitchen is working for him, he'd be glad to tell you. Dan, do you have anything else to add? There there will be more to add by next week uh, if things go to plan. Uh, in the meantime, yes, I will be unpacking and I will be listening to the pitter-patter of what I'm guessing are gigantic paws upstairs. Have you seen the dog in person, by the way? No. I've, as was the case with my previous uh, residence, I always find that if I, if I break that seal, if I actually go upstairs and interact with the person, I might say, hey, you know, by the way, you're super noisy. And then they'll be more noisy. So like, if I don't ask, don't tell, then. Well, I'm just curious if it's a chihuahua or a bulldog. I'm sure I'll run into them at some point. I'm but, sure you will. Um, a lot of people have dogs here, so mm. for whatever that's worth, probably uh, pandemic pets. Mm, but, yeah, um, and I heard that people are now getting tired of having the pet that they rescued, and they want to give it back. You can't do that. Well, I guess you can. You can put it up for adoption again. The used pet market. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, have a nice so week, Dan. You too. And uh, thank you for listening. And be sure and tell your friends, you listener, tell your friends, listen to this Hugo Floss podcast. It's fascinating. And you can just be a guest anytime you want. And we should say, uh, stay safe. Yes. Don't let the pandemic return. Stay, uh, do your thing. Do, Do the right thing. Right. Bye, Dan. Bye, Nancy. Bye, listener.